Carmen from drcarmenjames.com. And if you have been diagnosed with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, and you have no idea what to eat and what to avoid, that's exactly what I'm going to be speaking about in this video. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to be speaking about is insulin resistance. Now, if you've been diagnosed with PCOS, you will know that insulin resistance is probably one of the root cause drivers of this disease. Insulin resistance occurs and what happens is that excess insulin causes the ovaries to release more testosterone. That then causes a ripple effect which promotes something called anovulation, which is every month instead of the egg being released from the ovary, you actually don't have the ovulation period happening. And so as a result, insulin resistance is vitally important to address when it comes to treating and eating for PCOS. And so when it comes to trying to manage insulin resistance, something that's very important is to try and understand exactly what insulin is and how it works in your body. Now, the best way that I can describe this is that insulin is like the key that unlocks the door. Now, what door, you may be asking? Well, the door to your cells, of course. Glucose enters into your bloodstream after you've eaten a meal. So, say for example, you've had a really sweet donut. Immediately afterwards, your blood sugar level is going to rise. And in order for your body to cope with the increased glucose level, your body is going to release something called insulin. Insulin is another hormone. It is not a sex hormone, but it does help the body to get glucose from the bloodstream into the cells. In order for that to happen, insulin has to unlock the cell to allow the glucose to get in. Now, when it comes to insulin resistance, your body does not respond as effectively to insulin as we would like it to. So as a result, what happens is that your body thinks that there's not enough insulin and it starts to rev up the production of this hormone. So ultimately, what ends up happening is that your blood sugar goes up, and your insulin level goes up. And that is what we call insulin resistance. An increased amount of insulin in your bloodstream causes you to retain and hold on to fat and causes glucose to be converted into fat and stored. And so as you can see, it's very important for us to address insulin resistance when it comes to eating for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, how do we do that? Well, unfortunately, it means that we have to cut out things like sugar and highly refined carbohydrates. So my suggestion here would be to eliminate sugar as far as possible. One of the easiest ways to do that is to become more aware of how much sugar you're actually consuming. And once you've done that by things like reading the labels and avoiding refined carbohydrates, I would substitute refined carbs for slow carbohydrates. So any fruit or vegetable or whole grain that has high fiber is going to be a slow carbohydrate. That is going to help you to be able to control your blood sugar levels and prevent that spike of sugar and the spike of insulin that accompanies polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, the second thing that we have to talk about when it comes to eating for polycystic ovarian syndrome is meat and eggs. Now, this is a little bit controversial because unfortunately, especially nowadays, the way our meat and eggs are farmed is nothing like they used to be farmed many years ago. And so as a result, we're getting an increased amount of hormones coming in through our meat 
and through our egg production. So my advice here would be to reduce the amount of factory farmed meat and stick to as clean meat and eggs as you possibly can get hold of. We're gonna be speaking a little bit more about your portion sizes in a moment, but I just want you to remember that aside from the hormones that you are producing inside your body, the more meat and eggs you consume, the more hormone you're going to be exposing yourself to. Unfortunately, because polycystic ovarian syndrome is a disorder that happens because of hormone fluctuations, it's going to be very important for you to pay special attention to those excess unnecessary hormones that are coming in through your diet. Now, speaking about hormones in our food, we have to talk about dairy. This is probably one of the most difficult foods for women with PCOS to give up, and there's a very good reason for that. When dairy is broken down in your body, it turns into something called casomorphins. Now, casomorphins are highly addictive substances, very similar to morphine. And so it's understandable why it's so difficult to let go of dairy. But if you think about it, in order for cows to produce milk, they have to be pregnant. And so you can imagine that because of that, milk contains a large amount of hormone. And so my suggestion would be to substitute milk for some non-dairy milks. So for example, things like almond milk or rice milk or even coconut milk. And so next I want to speak a little bit about alcohol and coffee. Now I know that I'm probably touching on some very sensitive areas right now, but just hear me out. Hello darkness my old friend. Hormones are metabolized in our body and cleared through our liver. And as you know, the liver is one of the most important detox organs in the body. In particular, it plays a very big role in clearing out excess hormones. And so alcohol can disrupt the ability of the liver to detoxify the body. And so if you've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, I would absolutely recommend avoiding alcohol as far as possible. Speaking about avoiding alcohol, another thing that I would suggest that you avoid if you have been diagnosed with PCOS is coffee. Now, coffee I know is another one that's very, very difficult for us to let go of because oftentimes women with PCOS have very low energy levels. But unfortunately, coffee can also be linked to hormone disruption. And so I would suggest avoiding coffee, or if you'd like, substitute your coffee for something like a matcha green tea in order to keep your energy levels up, but avoid the crash that comes with your coffee fix. And the first suggestion with regards to a dietary supplement would be to add pre and probiotics into your regimen. Now, prebiotics are basically the fiber that feed the good bugs inside your gut. And probiotics, as you know, are good gut bacteria. I would recommend supplementing with a probiotic every single day. And my suggestion is always to go for a multi-strain probiotic. Some other supplements that you can add into your diet would include maca powder. Maca is a root and it's been shown to be very, very helpful when it comes to balancing your hormones. Another supplement that you can consider adding is curcumin. And curcumin is really an extract of turmeric and it has 
powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. Finally, I'd like to suggest adding cinnamon into your diet. Yes, cinnamon is a fantastic spice when it comes to reducing your blood sugar levels. And so I would suggest adding cinnamon wherever possible in order to help you to naturally control your blood sugar levels. Now I'm gonna give you two bonus tips, but before I do that, if you would like a guide with five steps that you can take today to reduce the symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome, please head to my website, www.drcarmenjames.com and download the free PDF. Now, two bonus tips that I have for you. Remember a little bit earlier, I spoke about portion size. So a quick tip because you may be wondering, well, how do you keep track of all these vegetables and proteins and carbohydrates? My tip here would be to, when you're looking at your plate, to ensure that half your plate is filled with vegetables, one quarter is filled with protein, and the remaining quarter is filled with slow carbohydrates. So that's a nice way for you to make sure that you are eating a balanced meal that's going to support you through your PCOS healing journey. And my final bonus tip would be to keep a food diary. It can be remarkable how much insight you can get from just recording what you're eating and how you're feeling as a result. Remember, we are all individuals. And so the way our bodies use the food and how we feel is going to be a completely unique experience. What works for you may not necessarily work for me. And so while these are excellent guidelines with regards to what to eat and what to avoid if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, my suggestion would be to tune into your own body's needs. And the best way to do that is to keep track of how the food you're eating is making you Feel. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!